fall. Lay back, it's all been done before. And if you could only let it be, you would say, I like you the way you are when we're driving in your car and you're talking to me one on one. But you become somebody else around everyone else. You're watching your back like you can't relax. You're trying to be cool. You look like a fool to me. Tell me why you have to go and make things so complicated. I see the way you're acting like somebody else gets me frustrated. Life's like this. You fall and you crawl and you break and you take what you get and you turn it into honestly. You promise me I'm never gonna find you fake it. Hey guys, how are you doing? It's exactly 6.5 p.m. this Monday evening and I'm really excited as always, you know, to bring uh, to bring the next episode of my Just a Nobody podcast um, to you. This is more Classo. Uh, for those uh, who are just tuning in, who are listening to me for the first time ever. And I must say that, uh, for, yeah, even for those people who are tuning in for the first time ever, the song uh, Complicated uh, by... Avril Lavigne uh, is, I, uh, of course, it's sung by her originally, but the one that I just played, uh, I kind of did a karaoke and I recorded my voice and I played every episode. So that is sung by me, literally, you know. I'm a bad singer, but come on, I try. I give it a try. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for uh, tuning in. Uh, I really, 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 as always, I really appreciate it. Uh, so right today, uh, the, in this episode, I have a few things to talk about. As always, you know, I'm always kind of uh, uh, pouring in my mind uh, things that happened over the past few weeks that really um, either I'm uh, excited about, uh, things that really bother me, and uh, things that I feel, you know, uh, more should be done about, or things that are just on my mind, you know, I love uh, talking it out. So Thank goodness for a podcast, you know, platform where you can really do that uh, so effectively. So um, uh, last time, actually, my my last episode, I didn't get the time, but I wanted to talk about uh, in my last episode about um, about, uh, you know, uh, this incident about having this uh, culture, the culture thing, you know, wherein uh, you say that, uh, you know, this happened in New Zealand. This was an incident which happened in the. Uh, in the in the parliament in New Zealand, wherein uh, there was this lawmaker, you know, who came in wearing, uh, who didn't wear a tie, and it, it became a big issue. Of course, it it just looks too small. But hey, man, it's the parliament in New Zealand, uh, and uh, the uh, a lawmaker who belongs, who comes from the who's an indigenous person who comes from the Maori culture. He came in uh, in the House, in the Parliament, or as we call it, the Congress, the legislative body. Uh, you call it the Congress in America. You call it in Parliament in, um, in the other countries, in European countries, in Britain, in Asia. Uh, of course, in India, it's also called the Parliament, the legislative body overall is what I'm talking about. So um, he comes walking in without a tie, okay? And uh, so immediately when he comes in walking like that, the Speaker of the Parliament in New Zealand uh, tells him that he'll have to leave 
uh, he'll have to leave uh, the the house. He'll have to leave the the building or the place because you know, uh, as per as per New Zealand rules, it's it's written it's written in their books that um, a suit and a tie is a formal uh, is something that is very formal and. Uh, uh, since he was not wearing a tie, because that's a dress code. That's a dress code as per the parliament in New Zealand. And because uh, this lawmaker, who is an indigenous person who belongs to the Maori culture, he broke or breached this uh, this dress code law. He was told to leave the parliament house. Now, this guy agreed on the spot. He didn't argue. He just agreed and immediately uh, and he never questioned, uh, uh, you know, he, he just left uh, the parliament house. Now, what I'm talking about is the guts of this guy. Okay, he's a lawmaker. He belongs to the indigenous, uh, indigenous uh, he's an indigenous person, a native person. And the guts of this guy to really challenge the dress code. You know, we never really question these small things. You know, we just do as society tells us to do. Okay, you know, a tie, a suit, a bo- boots, uh, trousers have become a formal dress code it's it's usually a global dress code you know uh, even in india even in the united states even in europe even in africa i believe uh in 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 most parts of the world a world uh suit trouser tie and boot like a nice pair of shoes is the standard dress code have we ever questioned it? Never really. We just took it for granted. Hey, man, that's the dress code and that's what we got to wear. But I love the guts of this native, uh, the lawmaker who questioned it. And we need more people like this. We need to question uh, uh, this uh, th- this thing which, which we, you know, we have taken for granted because uh, he questioned it. He says that uh, uh, he says that. Uh, this is not my culture, you know. And he said he was wearing a tuang- he wore a tuanga, which is, uh, which is a Maori greenstone pendant instead of a tie. He walked in in the Parliament House wearing a tuanga. It's T O O N G A. That's what they call it. It's a culture. It's a cultural greenstone pendant. And he didn't wear a tie. He wore that. And the the lawmaker's name is Mr. Rawuri Waititi, the lawmaker um, who protested. And uh, the the speaker immediately told him just leave because he broke the dress code. So immediately on Twitter. Now this happened way back, like down there, uh, down there in New Zealand. But the world came to know. Thank goodness for the internet. The world came to know about this and hashtag no to tie started trending on Twitter. Hashtag colonization colonization started trending on Twitter. The world started taking part in this debate. One lawmaker down there in New Zealand was told to leave the parliament uh, uh, parliament building because he didn't wear a tie and the entire world got involved. And I love this about the internet, you know. So it's like, you know, uh, colonizers have made us think, look and feel like them. You know, they, they have told us that uh, a trousers, a suit, a nice pair of boots and a tie is a formal attire and the world should just follow it. That's what they've done. But I love the guts of this guy who really challenged it. And what really happened after this, it's not just challenging. What happened is uh, the new, uh, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinta Ardern, who I love, I love her. I love her because she is the most diverse prime minister that the world has ever had. Her cabinet, current cabinet, like which was elected, I believe, uh, 
uh, the end of 2020 or the early 2021. It consists of, uh, it's very, it's very diverse. You know, it has 11, it also has 11% LGBT uh, Q community. It has 21% uh, indigenous people. And uh, when when she was, you know, informed about this, uh, this, this thing happening in the Parliament House where this lawmaker, Mr. YTT, he was told to leave the Parliament House. Um, uh, Prime Minister Jacinta Arden just said that um, she had no objection of someone wearing a tie or not wearing a tie in Parliament. That is not a thing that she, she thinks it's important to concentrate on. And after she made that statement, the speaker who removed the lawmaker out came back and allowed Mr. YTT, the lawmaker, to ask questions in Parliament without a necktie. He like stood strong. I'm not going to wear a necktie. But uh, and then he was allowed back in uh, without a necktie. And the rule was is no longer applicable because the rule has been removed out from the rules book as per the committee's decision uh, of the parliament. And um, and then uh, and then, you know, uh, which is great. You know, you have to question. You have to question things that are just we just take for granted you know, to bring about change. That's what I believe. You need to stand your ground. You need to really, he was, he had the guts to do it. Not everyone can really do it, you know. Uh, like for, for instance, I just take it for granted. Yeah, that's that's what the look is, you know. But this man, women has a, have a different look. Um, so these things really look small, but when you really look into it deeper, it really makes sense. And, you know, as we say that, uh, uh, you know, uh, when in Rome, do as the Romans. So, hey, man, when on indigenous land, this is what I'm telling to people all over the world. When on indigenous land, do as indigenous people do. That's all that I'm saying. You don't put you don't put rules over indigenous people. It's their land, man. Thousands of years ago. That we have. Uh, occupied basically um so i want to kind of play uh this uh, you know after he kind of was allowed and he came out um so mr this lawmaker mr wariri he made he talked to the media uh, and it, it was kind of trending on twitter um and i want you to listen to why why he didn't wear a necktie and why he challenged he you know he could just go out when when the speaker told him wear a necktie and come back because you uh, you're breaking the dress code uh, what an average person would do is just go wear a necktie and come back into the house, right? And then ask his questions or participate. But he didn't do that. He challenged it. And that's what I love about this guy. When, in, when on indigenous land, do as the indigenous people do. That's all that I'm saying. So I'm just going to play this, uh, this bit about what he, uh, what he had to say about why he uh, made a noise about it. Yeah, so here he is. Mr. Wariri, I'm really sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name. Waititi, uh, if I'm not pronouncing your name right. It's, uh, but here is what he had to say. It's very, very important. I think, you know, we all should uh, uh, kind of question things that we, that we have taken for granted. As you can clearly see, this is this attire is business attire as far as I'm concerned. And as far as many New Zealanders and Aotearoa is concerned, this is a tie. This is a tie to my people. This is a tie to the to the plight. This is a tie to the um, the very reasons why we stand in this place to fight for our rights. Yeah. 
It's very difficult when um, I'm constantly um, made to feel like somebody I'm not. Um, th that is not part of my culture, uh, ties, uh, and it's forcing the indigenous peoples into wearing what I described as a colonial. As you can clearly see. Yeah, so that's uh, that's just uh, replaying it. Okay, so that's what he's saying, you know, very clear that you cannot just tell people to do what what you think is right. So when, all I'm saying is when in Rome, do as Romans do. As we say, so when on indigenous land, do as indigenous people do, you know. And I came across this uh, this website because I was very keen to know about, you know. Uh, so uh, so how many? I just want to learn more about indigenous people and who are they? What are the type of cultures that they really have? So I came across this website, and I want each one of you to really go there. It's so interesting. Uh, the name of the website is um, Native Dash land.ca now a canadian non-profit uh, uh organization um has kind of mapped indigenous indigenous territories across north america south america europe and asia so if you as a person you know like i was very curious like i was very curious to know okay now on the the land that i currently live on like what type what who were the indigenous people who were the natives here you know what culture do they belong to what language do they speak so i went to this uh, website www.native-land.ca and canadian nonprofit uh, organization uh, made this and that's why it's the ca i'll kind of share it um, in the notes on um, on my podcast and so then I searched the location where I currently live on and I and then I got to know that this area 10,000 years ago it was um, uh, the Mohawks Indian nation it was in Mohawks uh, Indian nation uh, people that lived here and right now uh, right now only 2,000 people uh, 2,000 of them live uh, currently on this land now this land belonged to them. There were, they were, there were many, many more people uh, ten thousand years ago, but now there's no one uh, living there. You know, uh, so uh, so that's what uh, uh, that's what this website really gives. And I, I really want each one of you really go and see. You know, who are the natives, and we need to respect them more than anyone else because hey man, this land belongs to them. So when on when on indigenous land. Do as indigenous people do. That's all I'm saying. Um, uh, so I love that man. That guy was really, I mean, to challenge, um, uh, to ch challenge status quo. Oh my God, it's not everyone's cup of tea. You really need that special. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky Think about every night and day Spread my wings and fly away I believe I can Believe, believe, believe I believe, I believe I can fly I forgot who sang that song But I love that song, man It's good, it's good Right, so, um uh so uh um it's been uh it's exactly about like eight to nine months i believe uh since uh since uh the death of uh george floyd um 
rest in peace uh, it's almost like nine nine months now it, he died on may 25th 2020 last year and uh, that particular incident you know where he was pinned to the ground his neck was pressed against the ground and he was suffocating for eight minutes and 46 seconds and he died uh, that incident which was actually recorded uh, and uh, completely shared all across the world was very tragic i mean really very tragic i mean that something like that i hope it never happens again but even before that there were so many other incidents that it maybe it was not the same way that uh, um, that an african-american has died like that you know uh, it's it's never it's never uh, it may be not the same uh, way that someone has died uh, an African American's died but it it is the same uh, undignified disrespectful and brutal death that has happened several times even before George Floyd George Floyd was just recorded on camera we all saw it and it was for eight minutes and forty six seconds we all saw it but there were many incidents before that. Uh, so George Floyd is not the first and I hope it is the last and this thing is not repeated like if, if like 20 years back if like in 1990 say for instance someone told me that hey Merle you know uh, 20 years from now uh, that uh, you know a, a man would die uh, under the knee of an officer applying pressure on his knee and uh, pinned to the ground someone told me in 1990 that 20 years from that date someone would die like that i would say hey man that's never gonna happen that's never ever gonna happen like it can't just happen like 20 years from now it's gonna be we're gonna be advanced you know when it comes to race culture this racism has no place uh, in 2020 that's what i would say 20 years back but hey a case like george floyd happened last year nine months back and we are in 2021 now so um, I just can't believe that, you know, we are just unable to end this culture thing, this culture war. Like it's, it's really disrespectful. So, um, uh, so what, what, uh, what has happened now is uh, uh, the United States legislative branch, that is Congress, is going to vote on a George, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. So that's the name of the bill. Uh, and they're going to vote this week, calling for police reform. Uh, now, I'm not saying that uh, whether this is right or whether this is wrong. I love the police, you know. They do, they do, they do work that is so, uh, so dangerous for their own lives, you know. So this, I'm not saying whether this, uh, this bill is right or wrong, but I b believe with what happened with George Floyd and which has been happening you know, all for so many years now, it's not ending. I believe this uh, this bill makes sense. It's called the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Now, the legislation will demand more accountability and transparency in policing. So that's what uh, I just I kind of uh, just went through the legislation, the bill, uh, just to say see what it really encompasses. Uh, it will. Uh, it the basic goal of this uh, uh, this bill is to change the culture of policing. That's all. It's not that, you know, uh, all these talks about defunding the police. I think that's all stupid, you know. It's so important to fund the police. 
because they're protecting the communities, society, etc. But this legislation is a little, you know, taken, it's going to be called George Floyd, uh, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, which is after what we all saw for eight minutes and 46 minutes, 46 seconds is um, this legislation will ban chokeholds, which is so bad. I mean, no one should be allowed to chokehold someone. Uh, and will eliminate qualified immunity for law enforcement. So you just don't get you're not uh, you're not immune if you commit uh, you break the law. You know, so this legislation will this bill has programs to eliminate racial profiling by state and local law enforcement agencies, which is excellent because racial profiling is is in fact true. It happens. Uh, this bill uh, will also uh, have a uh, will also have a national database of police officers who were involved in these kinds of incidents. So this is going to be a national database. Now, this legislation will also get, will also provide training on racial bias and duty to intervene when required. Um, so, uh, so if you look at what the legislation like, these are the highlights of the the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act will really do. I think it's um, it's great, you know. It is the need of the hour. Um, there's more accountability. There's more transparency. Uh, it might change the culture of policing, which is great. And I hope it gets passed uh, this week. I believe uh, there's going to be a vote. But more importantly, of course, you know, uh, we're talking about a particular group of people. But at the same time, it also requires a collective effort of people to get involved, you know, it's like people should uh, should be anti-racist. That is more important, you know. When you see someone being treated badly, it's important to speak up for that person, not remain silent. So it's a it's a collective effort. It's not one person doing something for someone. It's just a collective effort. So I believe it's the communities, our neighborhoods, local, state, national, international, global, all together. If we all come together to bring about this change, then I think actually change will happen. A bill will not change at 100%. It might just, you know, uh, kind of help it for a little while. But at the same time, it's people who can bring about change. Like the other day, uh, I came across this presentation which was leaked uh, uh, which was leaked by Coca-Cola Company. Now it was uh, it was conducting this uh, di- diversity training for its employees, and uh, one of its employees uh, leaked the presentation to the public media because uh, he or she, I don't know who, nameless, uh, wanted to kind of show people of what kind of a training you know they were getting. Now uh, the Co- Coca-Cola presentation uh, diversity training. It was uh, the slides or the presentation slides. They talked about more about how to be less white to combat combat racism. And it listed down bullet points like be less oppressive. So how to be less white was the title of uh, one of the slides. And it says be less oppressive, be less arrogant, be less defensive, be less ignorant, uh, break with white solidarity. So these were the steps to become less white. And then there was another slide that said that research shows that by age three to four, children understand that it is better to be white. So these two things actually pissed me off. You know, I was like, I lost my mind. I was like, what the fuck? Like, how can you, uh, how can you tell people how to be less white and then bullet uh, add some bullet points to that? And who, 
what research paper you know make a reference to the research paper that says that um that uh, by age 3 and 3 to 4 children understand that it is better to be white like uh, make put a reference to it like which research paper who has written the research paper L- let me see that you know so towards the end of it uh, the training concludes saying that try to be less white that's coca cola's diversity training which is so shameful it is basically discrimination you know which screams that uh so um all i'm trying to say is that diversity should not be namesake it's not only a group of people who should follow some rules you know we put out a bill and then for a group of people it's the it's people it's all of us together uh that that that's only going to change because you know and one more thing uh people who are publicly racist are less dangerous than people who are racist on a sly you know sly racist is what i call them like they won't openly come out and say say things to you or they won't openly you know uh show their racist traits they won't do it they do it on a sly they work in groups you know to kind of um to kind of make you feel uh to disrespect you or to kind of uh, show they don't care about you know what you do that's sly racist and they're more dangerous than people who are openly racist like people who are openly racist you can kind of shame them publicly you know you can attack them you can, we can all kind of get to the together and shame them to the core of what they're doing is completely so racist but what what how do we how would do we treat white uh, the sly racist people is what is more dangerous but what i like about the uh, george floyd um, the george floyd justice in policing act is its accountability and everyone should have accountability it's not only police but it's people it's all of us because uh, it's only then that you know we can really um, do away with racism it's going to be a hard battle like like i was as i was saying like 20 years uh, 20 years back if you had, if anyone would have told me that you know something like george floyd the george floyd incident would happen someone would die uh, like that i would just not believe that person because i would say hey man 20 years like we're going to be advanced by then you know we're going to be far uh, better but no it just happened it was last year it was 9 months back so um and then uh, there's also this uh, this whole thing about how uh, racism is so misunderstood you know by people uh by people and i want to play this uh, video which is called uh it's it's a short it's a short story kind of a documentary kind of thing which is called the black friend okay so uh on this table uh, since i'm not showing you the video on this table there are four friends sitting on a table and talking with each other and uh, there's only one black friend among in this group and then uh, i want you to listen to it and then we talk about it after we come back from it okay just listen to this it's a short film about racism and how racism is actually misunderstood here we go hey what are you trying to start a race war black versus white like uh, honestly man I'm, i i don't know i'm getting pretty fucking tired of just having white people as a villain man you're getting really fucking tired i'm getting fucking tired man if i were racist how could i have a black friend tell me how does that even make sense you're not even listen to what i'm saying though. if all white people were racist why are some white people out there supporting black people at protests it's about more than just protest my dad my white dad 
You know what he did. What he did? He stood up to the KKK. My family was lynched by the KKK. Y'all don't fucking listen. Y'all don't fucking listen. to decide whether or not you want to learn about racism. I got to experience this. I got to experience this every fucking day. Y'all scroll through Twitter and all of a sudden, you know everything there is to know about race, huh? White people have never done nothing wrong, huh? If that was the case, we wouldn't be here right now. We wouldn't be here right now. What have y'all done that makes y'all think that y'all not racist? And I don't mean one fucking good deal. I mean consistently standing up for black people. Y'all haven't done that, have Look at y'all. Look at y'all. Y'all barely affected by this shit. I can barely fucking function. This is all I think about all day. Every fucking day. But let some 21 Savage come on. Then all of a sudden it's, ooh, I love black artists. I love black culture. Fuck that. Fuck that. I'm fucking tired. I'm fucking tired of having to fight systemic racism every fucking day. I'm fucking tired of having to fight the fucking matter. That's a short film uh, called The Black Friend. I'll kind of share the link of the entire movie. It's about 11 minutes and 20 seconds. And I'll share it in my notes. I believe you should watch it. You should watch the entire thing. I just played this uh, bit about how, you know, uh, uh, there's a difference between experiencing it and, you know, the rest of the people really kind of saying um, people of color are just talking about it and we are really fed up. No. You know, those people are really experiencing it. And that's the difference. So imagine if we are, uh, I mean, people are tired about uh, this, uh, you know, everyone talking about, uh, you know, racism, etc. Then just imagine those people who are actually experiencing it every minute of their life. And that's the difference. That we, that's what we need to think about. Uh, so I love this video. I really love it. I mean, it's one of the best uh, films. And... Uh, uh, why I'm talking about it is, is because of this uh, new legislation, the new bill um, called the George Floyd. Um, the, uh, it's named after George Floyd. And uh, let's see what happens, you know, if it gets a vote or not. Uh, right. So um, that's something that I really I watched the entire uh, I watched the entire shot film and I think you should watch it, too. Um, uh, that's what I want to say. <laughs> Right. So um, uh, very lately, I mean, it's been happening, you know, the Me Too movement happened and uh, to some extent has given, you know, um, 
confidence. Many people have kind of uh, uh, built that confidence to speak up. Like many years back, that never really happened. Like people just said, okay, now, you know, this is a part of life. I think uh, that's what we'll have to live with, you know, if something really tragic happened with them. Uh, but these days, people are speaking out. And uh, mainly celebrities and public figures, uh, they're, getting, uh, they're getting caught with what they did. Uh, I'm talking about politicians, celeb- celebrities, public figures. You know what they did a few years back? They've been called out today thanks to the Me Too movement, which has given courage to people to really talk uh, about um, about all the accusations, you know, all, all the assaults that uh, that they have kind of uh, had to experience a few years down the line. And uh, I think it's good. I think it's really good if it's if it's if if it's if, if it's the truth. If it's real, if that thing really happened to them and they had to go through it, but they had no voice, they had no channel, um, but today they have found the voice, they found the channel, then I think it's good, it's great that these celebrities, these politicians and public figures are really called out uh, for for the way they, you know, kind of um, treated people um a few years down the line, decades ago, how many years ago, you know, they need to be called out for what they did. Even if it's today, why not? Uh, but what is very, uh, what is very, um, what is very striking is the way, uh, you know, these public figures uh, really uh, scream cancel culture. You know, they kind of scream cancel culture saying that, hey, man, we're against this uh, cancel culture. You're calling out people uh, decades later or a few years down the line. Uh, Why didn't you do it when it really happened? Hey, man, it's not easy to do it. Thank thank goodness to the Me Too movement that has given voice to these people, you know. So, um, uh, but the, the most weirdest thing of all this, you know, when these celebrities name come out saying that, uh, when people, uh, you know, accuse them of something that they really did a few years down the line. The best part about the whole thing is the way they apologize, you know, which makes me laugh. It really makes me laugh. See, you know, they apologize to the public. Look at all of them. They're either writing a huge letter on, on a notepad uh, app of their phone or they're kind of recording a video where they talk about how apologetic they are for what they did a few years back and uh, uh, and they say it uh, and they're recording it and putting it in the public may, uh, public uh, public stream you know they're putting it out to the public now all i have to say is hey man the public is not your victim you have not assaulted you know most of them they accept what they did and they say we apologize for what we did etc but why are you telling us like you did nothing to me like, why are you recording a video and telling uh, billions of people around the world, you know, putting it on social media, uh, writing on a notepad or putting on video to billions of people around the 7 billion of us when you did nothing to the rest of us? It's like me, if someone, uh, it's like if I stamp, uh, you know, if I uh, kind of hurt someone by stamping their foot uh, at, uh, at a railway station or a platform that I'm standing at. And then instead of saying sorry to them on the spot, like, you know, I kind of, uh, sorry, I kind of uh, stepped on your foot and I'm sorry that it hurt you so bad. Instead of saying apologizing to them on the spot, to my victim, to the person who I really hurt, I say, I say, I don't say, I don't say a thing, thing about it there. I go home, I write and I open my notepad on my phone. 
I write an apology statement saying that I stepped on your foot and I'm really sorry for what I did. And then I record a nice video apologizing to 7 billion people around the world when I kind of uh, did wrong to one person at that railway station platform. Uh, and then I kind of publish it on my uh, social media. That's what they're doing, you know. I don't need to apologize to 7 billion people. I need to personally or maybe apologize to people who I caused harm to. You know, that's what I'm trying to get to. So uh, the main Uh, the 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 way uh, these celebrities, politicians, and public figures apologize when they're caught, when they're caught, they don't do it beforehand. You know, when they're caught, the way they apologize, they apologize to the public. They don't apologize to the people who they victimized. You know, so that's 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 very stupid. It's very funny. It's very it's uh, it's uh, it's very selfish. You know, one word to use it. Why? because we all know why they're really apologizing you know these public figures apologizing to public because they're selfish they want to be accepted by the public who makes them celebrities well known personalities give them make them earn money you know uh it's it's the public who makes them who they are that's why they're apologizing to us when in fact they didn't, they don't need to apologize to us they need to apologize to people who they've victimized so that's selfish they're doing it because they want the work back and then they call it cancel culture when it's not you know so that's what um that that is something that is really crazy you know and um uh needs to be uh kind of uh, called out i mean it's it's crazy that something like this really happens you know uh like apologizing to the public because you I know you're selfish you know you're really selfish you just want work back and then you call it you nickname it cancel culture when it's actually not cancel culture it's just stupidity you know apologize to your victims one by one each one of them don't put a write a notepad note or record a video and inform 7 billion of us about what you did last summer or last winter or last spring or last uh, what is the other uh, season last fall <laughs> i believe i can fly i believe i can touch the sky think about every night and day spread my wings and fly away talking about uh flying away and uh i believe i can fly uh, so there was another robot that has landed on mars i believe there there's already been uh the sojourner uh robot i mean they they name these robots you know robots have their own names now i think even i'll have to name my my phone my uh my technology devices my phone my ipad my laptop i think i'll have to do that because you know uh these robots that land on uh, mars and these huge planets they have a name like in 1997 uh sojourner um robot landed on mars then in 2004 spirit and opportunity i think these were twin robots that were sent on mars and they currently i don't know whether they still exist or they're dead and then in 2012 curiosity robot the name of the robot was curiosity landed on mars and then in 2021 like recently just happened 
uh, on Feb 18th, 2021, uh, Perseverance, another robot landed on Mars. So I believe uh, before humans really colonize Mars, it's going to be colonized by robots before we get there. That's what I think, you know, there's already so many robots there. Now, uh, Perseverance that landed on Feb 18th, it started this journey on July 30th, 2020. So it took about seven months for it to reach uh, on Mars, uh, on Mars, land on Mars, um, which is great. You know, I believe it's, it's huge. I mean, imagine going on another planet like, hey, man, it's like, uh, it's like a miracle. It's like, uh, it's wow. It's it's beautiful. I mean, uh, you know, but it, of course, it took so many months. Now, all these robots, they actually have their Twitter handles. Um, you know, they communicate from uh, from Mars and they're basically photographers and they're construction workers because all they're doing is collecting rocks, mud, soil, taking photographs. So they're photographers as per for, for professions and they're construction workers. You know, they're busy collecting rocks, busy collecting soil uh, busy taking photographs and then passing it on um, to uh, uh, to people on to NASA, you know, who owns them. Um, so I believe, and it's not only the United States who has been sending uh, these robots. These robots uh, are also sent by China, by Russia, and many countries around the world are really uh, looking at Mars as another place to become habitable, where people like humans could live so actually i believe that mars is definitely going to be colonized by robots before we really get there but another thing about mars is the fourth planet from the sun so it's really cold you know it has a gravity 38 percent of earth's gravity so if you if you weigh like about 60 pounds on mars you will weigh just 23 pounds on i mean if you weigh uh, 60 pounds on earth you'll just you'll just uh, weigh 23 pounds on uh uh, on Mars because it has no gravity as compared to you know what we have Newton's law of gravity then uh, one year on um, one year on Mars is 687 days as compared to on Earth which is about 365 days a year but Mars will have six, 680, 687 days a year because each day on Mars is 40 minutes longer than that on Earth. And that's how you just accumulate it. And then it's almost uh, double the time it takes to really um, to revolve around its own axis. And then it's, uh, it's about 50 million miles farther away from the sun as compared to Earth. So it's a fourth planet. Earth is much warmer because of that. So it's like a total of about 228 million kilometers away from the sun. So that makes it really cold because there's less sunlight really reaching Mars as compared to how much of it reaches on Earth. And then it has a very thin atmosphere, you know, as compared to Earth, which has a rich atmosphere of carbon dioxide. Um, so the Mars atmosphere is very thin, equivalent to nothing. It usually consists of carbon dioxide, nitrogen, small amount of oxygen, and uh, water vapor. Uh, there's any hardly any greenhouse gas effect. That is, any any light that comes out from sun and reaches Mars, uh, uh, reaches Mars is not easily absorbed 
by the uh, in, it's not absorbed by the atmosphere so it's the greenhouse effect uh, because the atmosphere is really thin it cannot retain the heat from the sun so the uh, so because of that it's cold it's colder than what earth is really you know uh, uh, because earth is really warmer because of the greenhouse gas effect there's too much of greenhouse gas gases that trap more than required heat on earth as compared to mars which has a thin atmosphere so there's nothing that really uh, can be absorbed you know into its atmosphere and that's that's the sad part about uh, about mars you know making it habitable inhabitable you know making where human beings can really go there gravity is low thin atmosphere that means we'll have to wear space shoot suits shoots space suits suits if we have to live there uh then um now since earth has so much of greenhouse gases the only way i am going on mars is if these astronauts try to channel all the extra greenhouse gases that are on earth's atmosphere into mars's atmosphere so that you know uh the atmosphere in mars becomes a little thicker it becomes more richer it's able to absorb a little heat and then it 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 heats up mars and then it becomes you know okay livable we don't have to wear space suits to be able to live there because it's really cold no gravity um and all that you know it's only then that i'm really going there i'm not going to wear a space suit and walk around like the only fashion show that you'll have there is space suits like this space suits is this better than that no sleeveless nothing you know no clothing i mean you don't you don't wear clothes that you wear on earth you just wear space suits there so that's the fashion show that you'll have or else you know if uh, the astronauts or nasa or nasa says that hey man we cannot uh, we cannot uh, transport uh, greenhouse gases uh from earth the extra greenhouse gases on earth because earth is getting warmer because of more activity human activity more carbon dioxide em- emission etc uh so uh, if they say that they cannot channel that extra greenhouse gases onto Mar- mars's atmosphere so that mars becomes warmer then the other alternative is send these robots there are so many of them out there you know every country in every nation is sending a robot on mars so make these robots do some work you know uh, let them let them burn coal there let them burn uh oil there let them burn gasoline there and then uh so that you know they artificially create uh, create greenhouse gases on mars so all these activities like you know robots instead of human beings you know we human beings we burn coal iron gasoline artificially on earth surface and we're making it warmer it's getting 2% it's going to get 2% warmer the next 10 years and we're trying to reduce greenhouse gas climate change is happening global warming is happening etc so but it's opposite in mars mars needs uh activity to happen it needs greenhouse gases so we can send these robots there make them do work like um make them burn coal oil gasoline so that it produces carbon dioxide and traps heat from sun that from the sun that's all that i'm saying that's what uh, these are the two alternatives that i can give nasa you either channel extra greenhouse gases that are on earth's atmosphere into mars or secondly make these robots uh burn oil 
gasoline, coal on Mars so that they create these, uh, produce carbon dioxide or trap heat. That's all that I'm saying. And then only I'm going on Mars. I was, hey man, not going to wear space suits to live on another planet. Nope. Nope. Not for now. Never. Right. So, um, let me just be how, how long I've been yapping. Yapping, man. That's a lot. That's a lot, right? Right. So, uh, before I really uh, go, I'm just thinking of uh, a comedian, uh, Eric Myers. I love the guy. I kind of uh, tweeted about it. I was really shocked about his death when I heard about it. And I was really saddened because the guy is talented. He's a talented comedian. Not many people talked about him. He was not a famous celebrity kind of comedian. But I, you know, I had that eye for really good work. I can tell you that. I can really identify people with talent, you know, uh, with that extra, which makes them extra better than, you know, those who are celebrities and very popular. You know, these are people who are the real ones. I love, I love watching him. He's not a celebrity comedian, but he was a great com- comedian. Um, so I'm thinking of Eric Myers. I was really saddened by the way he died. I believe he was uh, struck by a car uh, while walking. That's what that's the news that I got, and it's really sad because he was he was young, and um, and uh, the worst part is I had, I followed him on Instagram, and a few days back. He had posted, um, before his death, uh, he had posted a, 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 a photo of him and his dad uh, telling his uh, followers that, you know, his, his dad passed away. And it was a few days back. And immediately in the next few days, you know, there was news that he died tragically. And I'm really feeling sad. You know, rest in peace, Eric Myers, wherever you are, uh, because this guy was really talented. He set the stage on fire, electrifying performance, you know, rich content, like very current where, you know, it's very, it's human behavior. It's like we all experience it like in our daily life. It's nothing new. It's not, it's not what celebrities, um, you know, um, come across or it's not a, it's not rich can't it's not rich in the sense uh affecting only rich people his content was about people like normal people like you and me and that's what i liked about him uh he was high energy like crazy energy and i have no other words to really explain you know how i really miss this guy because he was really good so i want to kind of play this bit where he talks about uber you know this uber rating uh, where we have to, you know, the Uber driver has uh, full authority to rate us and we have full authority to rate an Uber driver. So I want to play this bit in memory of him, you know, like um, like honoring his work because I, I loved his work. Like, that was my favorite part, favorite part about uh, Eric Myers. And uh, I just want to play this bit. I'll be on the other side. Yeah, he's so, he's so fun. Yeah, he's great. Here it is. I took an Uber here tonight. First of all... You know they rate us? The Uber driver is rating us when we are a passenger from one to five stars. Uh, let me get this straight. I am paying you my money to provide me a service and you're gonna rate me? Fuck you, Joel. Just 
don't talk to us, we think you're a dick. And we'll give you a low rating. And if you drop below three stars, a lot of Uber drivers won't even pick you up. I'm like, what? I don't have a car. I can't afford to get banned from Uber. I'm talking my ass off the entire time. I'm laughing at their jokes. I'm giving out ridiculous compliments. Oh, you're taking Kawanga at rush hour? Excellent choice. So good, man. Really, I mean, I really, I'm gonna miss this guy. Yeah. Really, I mean, uh, rest in peace, Eric. I mean, uh, he was one of the best. Anyway, um, that's all that I had uh, for this week, guys. Thank you so much uh, for really uh, tuning in. Uh, don't forget uh, to, if you want to write to me, write to me at justanobodypodcast at gmail.com. That's my email address. You can also uh, kind of drop a message uh, on Twitter on in my direct message uh, inbox. Uh, do that if you feel like it. Um, uh, so uh, comment, feedback, uh, inputs. Uh, anything that you want to kind of uh, share, I would really be happy uh, to do that. Don't forget the email address is justanobodypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that's all that I had for uh, this week, uh, friends. Uh, don't forget to tune in next episode uh, whenever it happens. Usually it's going to be two weeks from now. Uh, until then, uh, guys, uh, baby, bye, 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 bye.